This is an Ian special report. Now reporting. The very handsome Jewish man, Peter Rosenberg. Ian's at six. When the clock struck six, it meant one thing. From the ESPN New York News Desk, here's Rosenbaum or whatever that guy's name is. No wonder your show is number one. Hey everyone, welcome to ENN. On TV. Ray Rowe. It's brought to you tonight by Security Dodge. Go see Michelle Scalise and... Come get some! Yeah! I'd like to start off this big ENN tonight by saying good evening to Michael. Wednesday, February 7th, 2023. Oh, it's off a year. Good evening to Don. Made from real poop. Good evening to myself. Don, you know how I feel about a wiener. Good evening to all of us. So you don't want to be smart. You don't want to have information. No. And good evening to the caller earlier. I'd rather eat spaghetti off Don's stomach than listen to people complain about Don. Oh! Um, all right, guys. A lot to talk about. A lot to talk about. Uh, we talked a little bit earlier about uh, uh, Kyrie Irving and his return to Brooklyn last night. Let's hear from Kyrie on how it felt to be back in BK. Yeah, just like any other basketball game. But it felt like being back home. It felt like I was home tonight, getting here early, warming up, just getting a good sense of the, the rims and the atmosphere, what it was going to be like, and just mentally preparing myself for the game and just letting game come to me and allowing uh, the basketball guys to do the rest. Just try to get as much sleep yesterday and uh, come in with a open heart, open mind to see a lot of my friends and family that I've made here and uh, put on a great show for them. Okay. Now is this is this blames Mayor Adams clip the audio from the guy on the sideline? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I won't play it. But as you know, a fan said, "Why didn't you play like this when you were here?" And he blamed said, "Ask Eric Adams essentially," um, which doesn't really answer the question. Uh, here's Kyrie overall on his time in BK from beginning to end. I'm a, a New Jerusalem or New Jersey kid all the way through and through, man. Everything that I've learned uh, about myself has come from being in the city and being in Jersey. So when I got an opportunity to play for the New Jersey Nets or play for the Brooklyn Nets, I, I always make that mistake because for me, it was a childhood dream. You know, I left the NBA Finals game uh, watching J. Kidd play, watching Kerry Kittles play, watching Keen Martin play. And I left that game. I was sitting up in the nosebleeds with my dad and my sister, and I went home, and that's when I decided I wanted to become an NBA player. So that's what I'm talking about in terms of the next generation watching. Um, I got to experience the, the highs and lows of being part of two Eastern Conference Finals, watching them get very close and, and um, be defeated. But what I learned is I, I don't want that to be us, and that was the, the motivation and the drive. Um, obviously, I, I fell short in terms of the championship aspirations, but for me, I think it was bigger than the championship here. I had to really take some moral stances that uh, propelled me into a, a place in my life that I had to become accustomed to. There were some political things that were going on here as well that I couldn't control, that I, I was responsible for. Um, there were some things that I did on my accord that I look back on, and they were mistakes, and I have to you know, be accountable for those things. Why is it every time he talks, I feel like I just digested a word salad that I don't understand what he said? I mean, he, 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 he impresses you with all the words he throws. What is he saying? Well, I mean, the the part that stood out to me, I actually understood everything he said here. It's I just a meandering trip. I mean, it doesn't. Oh no, I, it's long. meandering. 
But but what's interesting to me is the spiel about how much the Nets meant to him as an organization. Right. So he has just, to be traded. It, it just doesn't go. The whole story you just told doesn't remotely go with the way you acted when you were on the Nets. Unless it's overall like, yes, I felt that way, but really basketball is a silly thing relative to the rest of life. So even though I felt that way, it doesn't matter. He is, he is, he and Aaron Rodgers are separated at birth. They really are. They really new are. Rogers, new Rodgers Rogan interview. Excited for that? Was it done already? I think it already happened. What did he spew? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have these, these interviews, these podcasts. I, mean, I, I used to love a good, and I still can really enjoy a good hour-long interview. Give me, you know, I, I have some 90-minute interviews in my life, some two hours at the max. They, these pod, these inter, I saw a, a guy did a podcast today. He said, I, I did a four-hour interview today and released it. I, I don't, who is the audience for this? Who has time? Maybe I've lost touch. Well, I not- think you've proven that. I, I haven't seen anything on it, so I guess he hasn't released it yet. I thought I saw a clip that said it was released out. The, the clip said it was released a few hours ago. You think Don, any conspiracies you? will be discussed in that? Oh, all, no, no way. No? Not their style. No. Well, Let's nothing must have come. I, 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 I would think we would have. I mean, I'm just looking at clips now, but I, I, I didn't. If nobody has seen anything, it couldn't have been anything newsworthy. Or it takes so long for people to go through. Uh, let's see. Aaron, uh, Aaron Rodgers claims he was taken out of context by Jimmy Kimmel during Joe Rogan interview. Um, Joe Rogan presses. I'm just, these are headlines. Um, Joe Rogan presses Aaron Rodgers on Jimmy Kimmel Epstein list joke. That sounds interesting. New York Post headline. Aaron Rodgers emphatic he was taken out of context. Maybe he was. Well, he's emphatic, so he must have been. I mean, once someone's emphatic. Right. Speaking of which, Don, tell us what the hell's going on at the goaltender position for the Nye Rangers. Well, Jonathan Quick is going to start tonight. It'll be his third straight start. Now, they say that this was the plan all along, that Igor was not going to play the first two games coming out of the break so that he could work with Benoit Lair. All right, so let's take that at face value. That's telling you something's wrong because he's got to work with Benoit Lair, who is the best goaltending coach maybe in the history of the sport. And that's why he has survived like every firing over the last 20 years with the Rangers. So they got to work on something. But it was just odd because the Tampa Bay Lightning, you know, outside, again, he lost the seven game series a couple of years ago in the conference final, although it wasn't because of him. But he's 6 0 1 in the last seven regular season games against the Lightning. So it just seems odd that that would be the plan. He wouldn't play these two games. But hey, Can it's I a chance. one thing, Don. Obviously, you know sure. more about this than any of us. This was the plan. As of like last week, this is not the plan ever to have Jonathan Quick play two no. straight games. They have adjusted their plan because Igor has been so bad and Quick has been better. Well, I guess the plan was going into the All-Star break that right. something has to get fixed. Maybe Benoit Lair saw something in his last start and said, I need some time to work with him. Okay, well, what if Jonathan Quick got pulled against Colorado? Like would you would he have would he have started the game today? Like it just seems it's got to be pretty fluid. So I believe that there's things that they have to work on with Igor and Jonathan Quick continues to play well. Well, then won't he play Friday against Chicago? So I just think the door is open here 
for quick to get some starts, and it puts a lot of pressure on Igor the next time he plays to win. Otherwise, you're going to have a full-blown goaltending controversy. If well, Quick wins tonight against a really good Tampa team, and then Igor goes against one of the worst teams in the league in Chicago and loses, well, then you're going to have to go back with Quick against Calgary on Monday. You see what gets created here. Yeah. So, Well, here's, here's, here's LaViolette in the pregame uh, reiterating that Shesterkin is the guy. Chesty's our guy here, so we're going to work in the next few days to get him some practice time, get him some reps. I do think that we're fortunate to have a guy like Jonathan in the stable, and he's played really well, especially as of late. Like I said, his numbers are, you know, he had that loss in L.A. He played terrific. That was probably a tough game for him to handle, big game for him to handle. I thought he played a great game, gave us an opportunity to win. And, you know, the last couple games, he's uh, also played really well. So, like I said, we're in a fortunate situation with that. Quickie goes tonight. Chesty will continue to get him some work with Benny and get him dialed in for the stretch run. Well, let me ask you this, Don. If he wins tonight against a good Lightning team, why wouldn't you play him against Chicago? Well, he's 38 years old, so I don't know if you want to continuously play him. I mean, eventually, Igor is going to have to play at right. some point. Now, I've heard, well, maybe this will fire him up, be more engaged. But I just think that as you're battling for first place, you're going to want to play the goaltender that gives you the best chance. So we'll see whether he's going to be able to jump right back on the horse and, and get it done. He's 38 years old, Jonathan Quick. He's played great, but he, he he's not going to be the starting goaltender. They said Igor's the guy, so at some point, in order for those words to mean something, he's got to go out there and he's got to play well. So I would suspect he'll play Friday against a bad Blackhawk team, get a win, and then kind of go from there. But he's going to have to play well because at least Quick has shown you that he can, he can play this position and play it at a high level. What's the oldest goaltender that ever played for a team that won a Stanley Cup? For a team that won a Stanley Cup, that's mm-hmm. a very, very good question. Gump Worsley. <sighs> Who was it? You just say Gump Worsley. I, I don't even, he looked like he was 76 years old, but he was probably 29. I, I, listen, Wah was in his mid-30s. Um, Brodeur was, well, he was 40 when he played, but he didn't win a Stanley Cup. His last one was 20, uh, 2003. God, I looked that up. What? That's a really good question, Michael. Well, while you while while you meet, uh, they're not going to win. A, they're that. not winning a cup with Jonathan Quick. And no offense to him, he's a really good goaltender. He's not going to be able at 38 years old to find it to the point where he's going to be able to play every night in the playoffs. They, if they're going to win a cup, it's going to be with Igor Shesterkin. Period. So uh, here's a quote Molly Walker uh, posted. Shesterkin said he knew before the break he wouldn't play in the first two games back, and he added, quote, I trust them, they trust me, so it's just a process. But just to be clear, I'm ready for everything right now. I feel great. I feel confident. You know what? I'm watching this game tonight. You're in now. Oh, yeah, I'm in. This is very interesting. Don's going to the game like a professional. That's right. Don just goes to games even if he doesn't have to go. He just goes and takes it in like a gentleman. (laughs) I, you know, how old was Tim Thomas back in 2011? Yeah, I remember him Ooh. being kind of old. Yeah, yeah, he was let old. Look, let me looky, 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 looky. I don't know. I, I think looky, Gump looky. was the oldest Don, and then Tim Thomas well, might have beaten him. Yeah, Tim Thomas was 36. Gump Worsley was 39. There you go. But that was Gump. a different world. Didn't have masks on. Puck hardly left the, the ice. The These guys were, didn't have a mask on. Imagine that. Astounding. I mean, Rod Langway playing with no helmet—that's one thing. But good God, man. All right, let's move over to the other team in the garden. And that is your New York Knickerbockers. Of course, we're all worried about Jalen Brunson, who went down with an ankle late last in last night's win over the Grizzlies. Here's Ian Begley on with Barton Hahn earlier. How is Jalen Brunson's ankle? 
Jalen saw him walking outside, out of the garden, not limping noticeably, kind of walking slowly. Josh Hart, too, no limp. So they looked good visibly. And I also checked around, and the aftermath of that ankle injury, I was told that it seemed like he avoided any, avoided anything serious, any significant ankle sprain. That was the read on it last night. Obviously, you guys know a lot depends on how you wake up the next day and how you feel. But that initial thought was that, you know, maybe he'll miss uh, days, not going to miss weeks. So it seems like they dodged a significant ankle injury there with Jalen Brunson. If you looked at the injury, guys, it, it went like the inside ankle went down to the floor. Usually the bad one's the outside ankle and, you, and your foot kind of gets caught underneath. So, I mean, I'm not a doctor. I play one on the radio. And then he got up and walked without a limp. So I, I, I obviously he sprained his ankle, but I don't think it, it didn't look like a high ankle sprain and it didn't look like something that was severe. Well, it'd be great news if he played tomorrow, but I have a suspicion he won't. Well, other important injury news, Begley was asked, how's OG doing? The thing that, that I had heard was late last week, like he, you know, making progress. And so that leads me to believe that they're not going to have him come back until and unless he's fully out of the woods on this thing. And Tom Thibodeau's kind of hinted at that. You know, he talked about he started about leaning on the medical staff, but he also said, like, look, it's his, it's his shooting elbow. So, you know, you have to be careful. So I would assume that you don't see him before the break because of that but you know it's about his comfort level and it's about getting him all the way free of at risk of uh, re-injuring that thing i think that's where they are i think that's why they've been cautious yeah but it's been a, a mysterious one to say the least yeah that is a weird one how did he get hurt the, the there didn't seem to be any injury to his elbow and and really if you want to see the negative in the trade and the trade has been perfect for the knicks he is not a workhorse. He does not play every game like Julius Randle. I think 70 is like kind of his limit, so he misses a lot of games with injuries. I was looking, I was looking that up right as you said that. He, ha, he has played 74, 67, 69, um, 43. Was that the shortened season, 2021? 48, 67, and then 41 so far. So he was on his way to playing a significant amount, but now he's lost seven games. Well, a lot of those years, though, he could have uh, qualified for the MVP. It's a good point. Not anymore, though, Michael. But these, uh, the, I, wouldn't, I would care less if it was just load management. These are injuries that have kept him out. It's not load management. Let's ask... Um, Ian, one more question. Who should the Knicks target at the deadline? I'm not saying starter. I'm saying bring, getting somebody off the bench. I'm saying, like, for n- names, I would say Alec Burks. I think they're going to be in on him until something is either done or not done. I think Jordan Clarkson is, is there on their list, and Bruce Brown is there on their list. So those kinds of players where you could bring somebody in, you take some stress off of the guys that are playing major minutes. You have somebody that could handle the ball, take some of that away from Jalen. So I think that's part of the idea at the deadline is not to necessarily lessen the minutes on Jalen Brunson, but just lessen the load that he's carrying night in and night out, in addition to the rest of the guys that are playing big minutes. Love Begley. I do enjoy his work. He's very good. He's a smart man, the Begley. Although I still feel like... 
Uh, why is it Ian that, Begley and why is it Iron Eagle? I, I, somebody has to explain yeah, what it. What I, t- I told you. I told you. It's a, that's an Ian problem. Because it's Ian O'Connor, it's Ian Begley, and it's, it's Ian only Eagle. Ian. No, it's only Ian. But it's Ian Eagle. And although all three are very accomplished, Ian's the more famous of the three. And he's going Ian. And the, well, the Yankee on. reliever is Ian Anderson. Well, hold on. I need to be clear about this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We could we could go chapter and verse on people named Ian. I, there's only one Ian. You don't think there's another Ian out there? I'm just saying in my life, Don, I can't count I can't think of one named Ian I've met. I've never met an Ian. Oh, sorry. I've never met an Ian either. I'm trying to think if I have. Can one of you just text him and say, question, why Ian? Although even trying to write that in text will be challenging. <laughs> yeah, I think you'd have that. to go I hyphen I-N. I-N. Well, I think, I think the easiest way would probably be, be why do you pronounce your name the way you do? I, I think that's too personal for me. Really? I don't, I don't think I want to go there with them. All like the things we've talked throuple. about. Yeah, I'm about to say, all the things we've talked about today, you're drawing the line at, at name pronunciation. Well, we didn't, we didn't talk about it specifically, like except with Nathan from Tintin Falls. I'm going to go to Tintin Falls, see what's going on there. Sounds fun. Apparently, it's a great time. Yeah, it's over by, um, was it Tom's River, right? Is like, it really? Uh, yeah, well, on the way, I'm trying to think, maybe exit 127, so a little bit north of Tom's River. You know what? We've been doing a lot of remotes. We should do a remote from Tintin Falls. See how it works? <laughs> oh, is, it, is it that far down, exit 100? So that's by Sandy Hook. Oh, perfect. In, in football coaches hate their family news, Nick Saban is joining the uh, cast of Game Day. Now, he why do you say he hates his family? He stayed out of college football for exactly seven minutes. Yeah, but he doesn't, have to, to he doesn't have to recruit kids anymore. Yeah, there's a lot that it, goes into it. A lot of travel during the offseason. That's what I'm saying. It, it's it, Well, no, I get it. That's a different level. But you're still going to be traveling and being gone every single week to be at college football. The, football is like, I mean, these people cannot get enough of it. Yeah, they but can't I, I leave. Don't, I, but you know what? You know, Bear Bryant left Alabama and died like th- six weeks later. You might as well keep active. You know, fair point. I just don't you think there was a, a another world in which he could have still been active. You know what? Enjoy yourself. Who am I to judge? Have fun on game day. But I don't think game uh, day is exactly heavy lifting. It's work, but it's not heavy lifting. Well, my guess is you still got to be there at least the day before, right? The preparation. It's a several hour show. Another well, maybe travel. he has written into his contract. That he takes his wife with him. His wife was a big part. Miss Terry, big part of his well, career in Alabama. Love Miss Terry. Um, also, you know what I thought about earlier, Don, when we heard the Rex Ryan may go back to Dallas to beat D.C.? Mm-hmm. I just thought, we have to, like, we make such a big deal about the former athletes and coaches who join our our business, that we all work our, our you-know-what's-off our entire life to get in. We are such a backup for these people. The second a job comes, they're gone. No by hesitation. The way, by the way, Peter, Doc Rivers, one and four. Oof. It's not what you well. That's you know what that sounds like to me. What that sounds like an all star coach. It also sounds like the Milwaukee Bucks played themselves. People, people are mean, also saying um, Ian Z, uh, Zeering from Beverly Hills. Oh, you know what? Yeah. Who, 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 call. who redo point God? I da- great- I dated Ian Zeering's uh, cousin. Why? Well, He's a Jersey a guy, isn't he? Yeah. Now it makes sense. That'll do it for ENN. Brought to you by Security Dodge. Shop 24-7, Ian, at securitydodge.com during their Starting Something New sales event. Allison, it was. That's Ian's cousin? Allison's hearing, yes.
Wow. Now she's you married. You gave her whole name. Okay. Yeah. Well, she's not Allison Ziering anymore. Sure. Sure. Great girl. It's. Oh, it's really, really nice to know. Really terrific. <laughs> so, Don, you're doing the Ranger pregame today? That's right. You know everything you need to know? Everything. Tomorrow, we're going to be at UBS. Uh, the doors, doors open, open at 5. At five Come see Lou us. And Lamorello will join us. So, please be a part of it. In the words of Billy Joel, life is a series of hellos and goodbyes. I'm afraid it's time for goodbye again. See you. Thanks for listening to the Michael K. Show podcast. Hear more of Michael, Don, and Peter live weekday afternoon starting at 3 on 98.7 ESPN in New York. The ESPN app, the TuneIn app, or on your smart speaker. Hey Alexa, play 98.7 ESPN.